Good evening. It's 12, Tuesday the 12th of December and I'm at home having a lazy Sunday Shiraz after getting my kids off to bed, which hopefully they'll sleep. It's quite warm. Um, so that always makes it a little bit difficult to sleep. The last few days have been cool in the evenings, which means heavenly sleep. And um, one of the best investments I've made in the past 12 months has been a, a serious bed upgrade. So I got a really good comfy mattress and a, um, a bed frame that's actually got a bookcase in the, in the feet of it, which I love. And it's just so comfortable and being able to feel happy about going to bed of an evening. Oh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Has um, improved my life. I won't lie. Um, last night I made the interesting decision of watching two episodes of The Girlfriend Experience, having, I don't know, just kind of clocked it recently and also realising that I'd run out of billions. I just, I just was sort of, you know, grazing away on episodes of Billions and all of a sudden, <gasps> that's it, there's none left. I've got to wait for the next season to come out. Still such a good show. Maggie Siff, Marilyn Ackerman, Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis are just an excellent main four. And, uh, yeah, great casting. It's a great show. I, I, I really recommend it if, you, if you're looking around for something to, to watch and you haven't stumbled across it. It's, uh, yeah, it's really good. I love Paul Giamatti, which you know. Um, I, I actually found... Because I'm packing, you know, when you, you find some of your old stuff. And I was packing up my VHS tapes because I used to work in a video store. And um, we we had like a few DVDs, but mostly it was VHS. And um, so VHS had a huge impact on me and I had a big collection. And I've just never quite brought myself to get rid of it because like I have fucking salmon berries on VHS. I have Star Wars on VHS. I have Gross Point Blank and... And the film that I that I was just thinking about just then was Safe Men, which has uh, Sam Rockwell and Steve Zahn and Paul Giamatti and also that fantastic guy um, who does the voice for Carl in The Simpsons. You remember that? You know, you conceal it. So he, that guy with that amazing voice, he's in it. And also Christina Kirk, who turns up in Girls as the gallery director that is Marnie's employer in early seasons. That's Christina Kirk and she's in it as well. And it also has a very early role for Mark Ruffalo. It's one of the first roles that I clocked him in. And now, of course, he's like the Hulk and everybody knows who he is. And But yeah, everybody starts somewhere, I suppose, is the, the, uh, the lesson. I don't have a whole lot to say. I've I've watched. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go back to the girlfriend experience. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I watched two episodes of the girlfriend experience. Um, I noticed it's got excellent casting. It's got that gorgeous lady who was the. Um, I think her name is Mary Lynn Raxub, something like that. Um, and I think she must be the girl who played the girlfriend of the other girl in in the Christian girl who hooks up with the girl from. Um, blah, 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 what's the show with the Kevin Spacey president drama House Cards yeah so um, I already really liked her from her part in that and she's the friend of the main girl but the main girl is Elvis's granddaughter Riley Keough daughter of Lisa Marie Presley I don't know who her father is but I just find the whole show kind of cold and depressing and I just even though it's got that lovely fella who was in um 
who played Mickey in Boardwalk Empire and also is in um, House of Cards as the the writer that Frank Underwood gets to write his biography or whatever when he's going to run for something. He's lovely. Like, a lot of people in it I really like, but there's just... I don't really feel like going there. I think I'm a bit exhausted of gender and, you know, sex, sort of overt sex. I just don't feel like it. So I'm, I'm happily watching Rosehaven, which I think is just delightful. And Luke McGregor. I'm so sorry. I didn't manage to clock his name. Um, so it's Luke McGregor and Celia Pacola who have written and starred in Rosehaven. And it's just so great. I'm so glad to realise, like, I've used having some weird glitches on my telly and for a while there I thought I had missed an episode, I got this last chance warning on Rosehaven, I thought it was just going to stay there forever because, like, why do they bother taking them down? I don't get it. Like, if you've made it, you've funded it, just leave it there. I mean, Netflix does that, right? It just stays there. If you, I mean, if I wanted to go and watch all of Mad Men, I could. Because I've got Netflix, or is that one on Stan? Anyway, I forget where it is. I really, really wish that um, Top of the Lake had gone to Netflix or Stan. That would be great because I'm not giving any money to Foxtel and I would love to see the second season of Top of the Lake. I have um, reason to believe that Gwendolyn Christie is in that and I love her. Um, she's Brienne from Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, we're, I guess uh, speaking of actresses, we're all waiting not with bated breath or anything, but we're waiting to for Yuma Thurman's input into the Harvey Weinstein thing. She's um, there's an excellent piece by Lindy West in the New York Times today about about that and about being a prominent feminist and the tsunami of rage that women aren't allowed to feel. And I've always been kind of you know like in touch with my anger. I worry about it because it doesn't seem to be a healthy outlet for it in our culture, but it's there and it and I feel like it makes me stronger than it makes me weak or crazy or whatever so you know my anger is part of how I process how I feel about the world so I I feel quite uh what's the word like justified when I feel angry you know I can actually I can explain why I'm angry yeah it's not a problem I'm not being unreasonable or hysterical I'm angry about something fucking angry <laughs> like but I thought it was interesting Lindy West's piece in the New York Times. I'm actually, I feel like I'm on the cusp of giving them some money to subscribe because I've always loved the New York Times. I've always liked their um, film reviews and, uh, uh, you know, like if I've watched a really interesting film or a TV series and I'm thinking, what is it exactly about this that's, you know, amazing, that makes me sort of think, you know, the, the, the film critics for the New York Times have always been capable of seeing the cultural context of of something and they sort of make you go, oh, yeah, 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 that's the thing that was bugging me about it. It was the casting of that character or the way that this one didn't get to do that or whatever. So I'm I'm moving house and in, in a transition, getting all my shit together and I'm, I don't know if anybody would remember this song but it was a song that I really loved when I was probably about 18. Um... And there was a time, it was like Ride and Ripe. And I'm pretty sure this band's name was Ripe. And they were Australian. And they had this song, Get My Shit Together. And it was just, couldn't get my shit together on time. Like, it was one of those great Australian 
indie jangly pop songs that was sort of melancholy and sweet swirl were around about that same time. In fact, I have this weird feeling that swirl and ripe have something in common, but I can't think what it is right now. It was weird to, um, like, cause my, my vinyl has been, um, in, uh, sort of out of reach to try and keep it safe from the kids, you know, so that nobody accidentally damages it. And, um, it was really kind of, kind of good to get it out and I did get out a couple of albums to just check them to make sure they're not warping because it's always my fear that in all this moving and the Australian heat that some of my beautiful records are going to get damaged. One time I was doing a show, I was doing a film on, on the radio and somebody rang me up to say that my record was warped and I was like, shit, is that true? I don't know if they were just being a pain. Maybe it was. I wonder which album it was now. And if they're all like that, you know, and you sort of go, well, I don't know. I hope it's okay. I hope all my stuff's okay. <laughs> I feel so sorry. I was like, sorry stuff, I'm moving you again. But I made that, you know, sort of classic, I put the cart before the horse. I got all my stuff before I had a secure and long-term place to put it all. And um, I don't want to get rid of it. I love it. I want to spend my life with this stuff. You know? You know, I've got stuff I don't even realise that I've got. I'm looking up at a book called Me, My and Museum City. It's like a cartoony book. I've got Olivia, the book about the pig, you know, Olivia in German. God knows why. I think it was an accident. Um, I found my book of how to make your own folk clothing called Peasant Chic. And I can see up here I've got, I've got a stack of books. I've got the Danny Ellis book that I've been reading. The Power of Appreciation in Business, which I, I bought. Um, David Foster Wallace's the, Pla the Pale King. Melancholy and Bright Collection of Quotes, which is really lovely. The Social License, Six Capitals, the Jane Gleason White that I'm really enjoying. Um, and my Chambers 20th Century Dictionary. And I know that when I pack, I've been trying to write more descriptive things on the boxes. So big, heavy, beautiful books. And, you know, this is the box with the sewing stuff in it. And this is the clock that... My friend bought me at that market that time and because otherwise I find with moving this often you, you sort of pack stuff up but you don't unpack it when you get where you're going because you kind of think oh my god I can't unpack this all again and you don't, oh, I don't have enough bookcases for this many books or that that's the wrong shape for this and Looking for a home, hoping this next one works out and I like it. I'm sure that if I don't, you'll hear all about it. I um, hope it's not too noisy. It is near a fairly main, like a really main road, but, you know, see how well those sound barriers are designed, I guess. And I'll get to know this area. It'll be good. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, hoping that it makes getting to work and everything easier because that would be great. <laughs> And just kind of hoping that I'm happy there, that I'm comfortable there and I can do, you know, make my, make my things and run my life and raise my kids and enjoy myself, you know. So I don't think that's too much to ask. I certainly don't think I have unreasonable expectations of life in that regard. And I know that that's a lot more than a lot of people get. And at Christmas, I do find myself thinking about that, you know, because I've got kids at that age where... You just say, oh, I hope we get lots of presents. And I think, oh, I don't really want to give you lots of presents, you know. I don't want Santa to give you lots of presents. 
the thing with Santa and my family is is funny because when I was a little girl, I really, really, really believed in Santa for, you know, like I rationalised that he had to exist. He had to be real and he was supposed to bring us the presents. It wasn't my mum. And I now know it was it was my mum. But um, I have a friend who does kids entertainment and one day me and my daughter, we were uh, arriving back in Adelaide and we were at the airport and it was around about Christmas time. <laughs> my friend was playing Santa in the airport and so Santa basically shouted my name across the airport where, you know, like near the perfume perfume shops and stuff shouted my name out and came and actually got up and came running across the road to me and my daughter's looking up just like wide-eyed and I'm going Santa this is my daughter and in a way I think I do know Santa and now I've sort of relaxed into that Santa's real Santa's a person who I know and can talk to and so when I was I don't want to burst the bubble. I kind of enjoy the story, but I don't want to... It was a bit of a crushing moment for me, realising that he couldn't be real and that it was all my mum, and I wish she'd told me. I wish she'd told me, me sooner. So I kind of have very mixed feelings about Santa and the, you know... I have a whole bunch of theories about... Why do we bother teaching our children about strange danger just to take them to the mall and have them sit on a complete stranger's lap and tell them what they want for Christmas? Like, I think that's wrong. But I'm not, you know, I don't want to be a humbug. Right now, I think I might watch episode six, season one of Rosehaven and just let the utter joy of that show wash over me and get me ready for bed because that really is just I'm so grateful <laughs> I'm so grateful for that show at the moment and next Tuesday it will be even closer to Christmas and the Christmas and the Tuesday after that Christmas will have been so there you go we're really 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 getting near the end of this year but I really hope you're well and take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday <laughs>